Hello and welcome to Strictly Infrastructure, a new podcast focused on the UK's infrastructure industry. Each episode we'll be talking to a leading expert from across the sectors, from housing to highways, energy to airports and everything in between. Hello, I'm Verity Barr, Senior Consultant at Camarg, and for this edition of Strictly Infrastructure, I'll be exploring the future of nuclear power the difference between fusion and fission, and how the STEP programme is advancing the technology right here in the UK. It's clear that nuclear power will have a big part to play in solving the UK's energy challenge over the coming decades. And there is a lot for the UK to be excited about in advances in new nuclear technologies. Only last autumn, the government made a commitment to provide £220 million of funding towards developing a commercially viable nuclear fusion power station by 2040, as part of its commitment to net zero by 2050. And fusion energy is powerful stuff, it being the same process that powers the sun. The project being funded is called the Spherical Tokamak for Energy Production, or STEP programme. Based in Cullum, the STEP team is developing plans for a nuclear fusion reactor, which will be far smaller than traditional nuclear power stations and geared to produce clean, low-carbon energy. The hope is that this new generation of nuclear power will also create growth in new green jobs and cut carbon emissions. Here to give us the lowdown on the STEP programme and explain a little about what the future might hold for us with clean nuclear power is Saran Postans from the UK Atomic Energy Authority at Cullum. So welcome Saran and thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. To begin with, could you tell us a little bit about nuclear fusion, why it's different from what we know as nuclear power and why it's so exciting? Yeah, cool. So fusion, put really simply but slightly mind-bogglingly, is about replicating the process that powers the sun and doing that here on Earth. So it does have some similarities to fission, um, which is the nuclear power that we've used for the last 60 years, in as much as it's a low carbon way to generate huge amounts of energy that are then usefully converted into electricity. But there are also some important differences, not least in the name, actually. So fusion is about fusing atomic nuclei together rather than splitting them apart, which is how fission works. Um, And another important difference is that fusion really is inherently safe. It's literally fail safe. Our challenge really is in creating and maintaining the conditions needed for a fusion reaction to take place. Um, Sustaining that is actually one of our biggest sort of technical challenges as we as we uh, do this work. It's not our our worry really isn't about any kind of runaway reaction. Um, Fusion is pretty much perfect way to make electricity. But building a miniature star is very difficult to do, as you can imagine, and that's really the catch. Um, But it's a really exciting place to be at the moment. The industry is really growing. There's lots of projects happening in different places around the world. Just last week, there was a big um, uh, event in the south of France where the ITER project is being built, um, and that was to mark them beginning assembly of the reactor. There's lots of projects happening in other places, and, of course, the STEP uh, programme here in the UK. So moving on to the STEP programme, could you tell me a little bit more about it and why it was created and what it wants to achieve? Yeah, of course. So STEP is about designing and building a full-scale prototype fusion reactor somewhere in the UK by 2040. That sounds like very long time scales, but from where we're starting, actually, it's, it's not that long and it's broken up into chunks along the way. It's a programme that's funded by the UK government um, at the moment. 
and run by the UK Atomic Energy Authority, or UKAEA as they're more commonly known. So they're really the pioneers um, of fusion in the UK um, and have been doing research and development for 50, 60 years um, into fusion. Um, in this first phase of work on the STEP programme, which runs through till 2024, the key objective is to develop a concept design. So um, we really need to look at all of our technical challenges and look at what's possible and come up with an integrated design that enables us to demonstrate really that it's possible to build um, a fully functioning prototype power plant. Um, as the title of the programme su suggests, STEP actually stands for Spherical Tokamak for Energy Production. So um, the, the reactor, the machine, will be a spherical tokamak. Um, tokamak is simply the name of the machine. Um, it comes from the Russian, um, where it was originally, uh, the idea was originally conceived. Um, and like any tokamak, its function is to heat up gas into a plasma and control it with magnets um, at temperatures of more than 100 million degrees. So that's quite a big challenge. Um, this process basically produces huge amounts of energy that can then be used to heat steam and generate electricity in a similar way, really, to any other power station, whether conventional fossil fuel, nuclear fission, whatever. Um, what's particular about it is that it's spherical, um, and that's about the shape of the machine itself. Um, the spherical tokamak is, a, is an advanced concept for a fusion reaction reactor. Um, so the machines that have been built to date are um, sort of donut ring shaped, if you can imagine that. And indeed, ether in the south of France is that shape. Um, the step reactor will be look more like a sort of cord apple shape, so sort of slightly taller um, with, a, with the middle missing, basically. The advantage of this is, is essentially about um, uh, getting better efficiency from the magnets. So the magnets are what we use to contain the plasma within the reactor. Um, and uh, magnets actually represent a massive proportion of the capital cost of building a tokamak. So actually, um, it's a really um, vital part of delivering a commercially viable design. And have any locations been identified for the test facility yet? So no, not yet. Um, it's a key piece of work in this first tranche of activity through to 2024 is to select a location somewhere in the UK. Um, what we're working on at the moment is uh, to launch an open call for sites um, in the autumn of this year. Um, and we'll be going out and, and hopefully people will see it in the media and in other places um, that communities may wish to put themselves forward to host um, a reactor in, in the future. Um, we're doing all the usual things you'd expect, building a website to make sure that that information is available to people and, um, and making sure that members of the team are around to answer questions as they arise. Um, of course, you know, that location, there are there are significant benefits for the potential host community, not only in terms of long term jobs and and we are personally committed to upskilling local people, but also for the community more generally as it establishes itself um, as a global hub, really, of high tech, low carbon industry. We envisage that other things will come along and be developed alongside the prototype reactor. So you'll effectively be creating a, a centre of excellence, really. That's really what we're looking to do. Um, we step sort of gives us the the thing, <laughs> the initial thing, and then what what usually happens in these sorts of developments is that um, that investment and that um, that sort of creativity attracts other industry to that area. So yeah, we'd be hoping to do that. And once you've identified your location and and work started on the facility, how long do you think it might take until that test facility is actually functioning and you are creating stars? Yeah, so um, so basically, as I've said, um, up to 2024, it's about um, concept design. 
And then we talk about it in tranches of work. So tranche two uh, would run from 2024 to 2032 and would be about detailed engineering design and also doing all of the necessary work to actually get permission to build on site. We envisage that it will be classed as a nationally significant infrastructure project and therefore will need some pretty significant work around public consultation and getting the necessary permissions to build. And then tranche three would run from 2032 to 2040 and would actually be about building um, and we'd be looking to get into operations in 2040. Um, do you think a commercially viable fusion generator is a, is a real possibility? Absolutely, yeah. That's really the point of the STEP programme. Um, it's not only to demonstrate that it can be done from a technical point of view, but also that it can be done in a way that's commercially viable. And obviously, to do that, we can't do it by ourselves. And we'll be looking to work with industry and academia um, to solve some of our technical challenges and enable us to um, ensure that we build something that is commercially viable and then could be built um, in other locations um, in the decades ahead. And once this has been tested um, and proven, do you think it means that there might be less of a reliance on overseas nuclear technologies? Um, is, is this something that the UK is genuinely leading the way on? Yeah, so um, we really are world leading in fusion. Um, there are projects happening all around the world um, and definitely uh, we are looking to uh, develop something that gives us another piece of the puzzle in terms of security of supply. But actually, you know, fusion is just one part of the answer. You know, we, we need a bunch of other things to ensure that we're able to uh, build a low carbon economy. So whether it's fission, like Hinkley Point C being built in Somerset or size, well, other developments that are happening, um, wind, solar, um, wave, all of those technologies are really important. Um, what we really hope for fusion is that it becomes something that we develop and we sell to other parts of the world. So it's also about building the UK economy. And is there much collaboration going on at the moment between the different international teams and projects? I think there's a healthy mix of collaboration and competition, probably. So ITER is a genuinely worldwide collaboration. Um, many countries involved in that project. And the idea is to build ITER, including the UK as part of Europe, um, it's uh, it's about building ETA to demonstrate this technology and then a follow-on is called demo which will actually sort of generate electricity in the traditional way and send past the grid so there's huge collaboration but of course around the edges of that um, there's other projects happening in different countries where um, people are looking to sort of develop their own technology and STEP is one of those. So just moving back to the technology, will fusion help drive the move to small modular reactors? It, that's a really interesting question. Um, SMRs or small modular reactors are definitely developing alongside fusion, but I'm not sure that fusion is driving that, if you see what I mean. So um, what we definitely see, the brilliant thing, is that when we see innovation and creativity popping up in one area, it naturally provokes innovation and creativity in another area. So I think any development that happens in anywhere um, across sort of the energy industry has to be a good thing because it does drive um, innovation and creativity. And sort of more broadly than that, if we think about the current situation that we're in with the pandemic and lockdown and all of that, I think we've seen more innovation and creativity in the way that we work in the last sort of four or five months than, than perhaps we saw in the 20 years before it. So I think that's also true, you know, that old cliche about Necessity really is the mother of invention. When we have to, then we crack on. Absolutely. And um, 
just to give people an idea of size, how how small could these reactors go? So I don't think I can really say at the moment. We're at such an early design phase that we just haven't defined it yet, if being really frank about it. So what we're, what we're doing is we're working on the basis that commercial power plant would be producing one gigawatt of electricity, but with a reduced site footprint. But sort of how reduced, it's difficult to tell at the moment. Um, we're also looking at, um, as we develop this concept design, we're also looking at other ways in which we could use that fusion reactor, apart from sort of standard electricity generation. So we're also looking at things like district heating, so where you'd basically plug a reactor straight into a system and it would heat um, a city, potentially. Um, desalination and hydrogen production. So there's lots of different ways we could use this technology. And we have to sort of keep that in mind. Our sort of main focus is to build a power plant but actually there's loads of other ways we could use this technology in the future. I guess it could almost be quite easy to be distracted at the moment by all the the range of opportunities and, and possibilities that there are. Uh, and quite that quite definitely with my brilliant technical colleagues you know we want to invent stuff we want to work out how we can use this but you know step is really about building that power plant that enables us to demonstrate generation of electricity. And what does this mean for, for energy in the future? You, you've touched there a little bit on the, the variety of opportunities that this could create. But in terms of generating low carbon renewable energy, how would fusion sit alongside other low carbon energy sources? Um, is there still a future for, for all renewables? So wind, solar, wave uh, alongside nuclear fusion? Yeah, absolutely. We're part of the solution. We're not the solution. Um, and we absolutely need a combination of things to enable us to generate the energy that we need for the future. So whether it is fusion, whether it's fission, whether it's wave, solar, wind, all of those things have got really important part to play as part of sort of solving that, that problem of how we generate electricity when we know that uh, demand for electricity is likely to only increase in the coming years. Um, so we need a combination of things to, to solve that problem. Both the American government and the French government have been in the news recently uh, with plans for their own fusion-powered test plants. Is this the new space race? And who do you think might win? <laughs> That's a great question. And you're absolutely right. We're not the only riders in the race. Um, I think many countries understand that fusion is an important part of a low-carbon future. And so we can see that there's increasing investment and um, interest in um, solving the technical challenges around fusion and making it a reality. Um, for, for my money, um, I'm just really excited to be involved in this industry at this time and totally looking forward to working, continuing to work with the amazingly talented team at UKAA as we go for our moonshot. And we wish you every success with it. Thanks once, Thank again, for, thanks once again for joining us today, Saran. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Strictly Infrastructure. Don't forget to subscribe via the usual channels, whether that's Spotify, Google or iTunes. If you have a question or a subject or if you'd like to be featured, you can get in touch with us at podcast at You can follow us on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Camargue UK to get the latest on upcoming episodes. You can also subscribe to our weekly email update, Policy and Politics, via our website. This podcast was produced and presented by Camarg, the corporate communications agency specialising in infrastructure and the built environment. Thanks for listening and see you next time.